we're going to start with a game this morning. If any of you have known me for more than five seconds, you'll know that I always, always start with a game. It's a very simple one this morning. A very, very quick game. We're just going to ask some, a question, what's worth more? So, um, for example, baked beans or spaghetti hoops? If you're going to buy baked beans or spaghetti hoops, what's worth more? So, hands up if you think baked beans are worth more than spaghetti hoops. Okay. And hoops? Hands for hoops? Yeah, pretty even splits. Actually, beans. Beans are more expensive than hoops. Didn't know that. Okay, let's do gold or silver. So what's, more, what's worth more? Gold? Hands for gold? Yeah, anybody want to hedge it with silver? No, yeah, well played, yeah. No, it is, it is legitimately gold. Does anyone know how much more uh, uh, valuable gold is than silver? It's like 80 times more valuable than silver. It's ridiculous. Learned that last night. Okay, so... Let's all just dream of a flight. If we're going to fly to Paris or fly to Madrid, which flight is more expensive, Paris or Madrid? Once, you know, you can market one. So let's see, hands for Paris. Hands for Madrid. Yeah, it's pretty 50-50 pretty split. It's actually Madrid. Just comes down to the fuel in the, at the end of the day. Um, okay, dollar or euro? What's worth more, a dollar or a euro? Hands for dollar. Hands for euro? Yeah, the euros have it. It's worth more. Sorry, guys. Just saying. Okay, two more quick ones. Washing up or drying up? Which one is worth more? Which one is, which one is the bigger job? Hands for washing? Mm, hands for drying? No one likes drying, do they? Especially if you have to pack away as well. That's no good. Yeah, so washing up has it. And this is one especially for the parents. Full night's sleep, including lying, or the whole house cleaned? I'm like, how? Hands for a full night's sleep, including lying. Yeah, my hand is firmly up for that one. Hands for the whole house cleaned. Yeah, you're all wrong. It's definitely the sleep. Okay, so we're quite good at this game, aren't we? We're good at this game. We're good at figuring out what's worth more. And this morning, we're going to be hearing an ancient story, an ancient story about two brothers who played this game and one of them who got it very, very wrong. So just as Koa and Kai are two brothers and they have sweet moments and moments of what we call politics in our household. Uh, these two brothers had a bit of rivalry. Uh, anybody in the room have had some kind of sibling difficulties? Anybody can relate to, you know, every night, you're all a bunch of liars. I want to see more hands. Like, it's, it's just one of those things. So we're going to read this story and we're going to see uh, what wisdom we can get from it. It's in the first book of the Bible, a book called Genesis. Um, and this story was first written down thousands of years ago. But in reality, it was probably told around campfires for hundreds and thousands of years even before that. So this is an ancient story. Like, how often do we get to listen to an ancient story? It's really cool. Um, but what I love about this story is that it says so much about human nature. And it still rings true today, even though it's really, really old. So, everybody up for that? We're going to do a story. Yeah? Sound good? Sweet. So... This is a story about two brothers. If you want to read it for yourself, get your hands on a Bible, go to Genesis chapter 25, and you can read it in there. And it's a story about two brothers. One of them is called Jacob, and the other one is called Esau. Now, in these really ancient stories, the names of people is super important. What people are called and the meaning of their names actually means an awful lot. Um, so, Brett and Hannah did a great job naming their kids. Mackay means towards the sea, and like beautiful and healthy, so very much like, like Brett. Surfer dude, so there we are. And, and uh, koa, of course, means brave and healthy and strong, so like warrior, so I guess like Hannah, would we say? Yeah? Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I don't know what Jacob and Esau's parents were doing when they decided to name these guys, because they, uh, they didn't do quite as good a job as Brett and Hannah. Um, Esau means hairy dude. 
literally just means really hairy guy. Like, okay. And Jacob is even worse. Jacob means deceiver. It means like liar. Who's naming that? Like, if you're in that culture where names mean something, who's naming those kids that? Anyway, what are you going to do? So anyway, one day we've got, this is a story about hairy and deceiver. And one day we've got um, the deceiver, Mr. Jacob. He sat there at a campfire and he's got his baked beans. He knows they're worth more than hoops. And he's eating his baked beans. And all of a sudden Esau, the hairy dude, comes out of the woods and he is starving. He's absolutely famished. Now Esau's a hunter. He hasn't caught anything, so maybe he's a rubbish hunter. But he's come back, he hasn't got anything. He's very, very hungry. And he simply asks his brother for some beans. Now, I'm going to ask for another show of hands. Anybody here ever get hangry in the room? Yes. You are my people. Like, seriously. So Esau, hairy Esau, is hangry. He's coming out of the woods, hasn't caught anything. He's very, very hangry. And so he asks his brother for some beans. And Jacob's like, no, they're my beans. You can't have them. So Jacob pleads with him. He's like, please, can I have some of your beans? Please, I'll give you anything. And Jacob, Mr. Deceiver, just looks at him kind of sly. And he says, all right, I'll give you my beans if you give me your entire inheritance. I'll give you this bowl of beans if you give me your entire inheritance. Now, let's just play a really quick round of that game. Can of beans entire inheritance. So what are we going to go for? Who's going to go for the can of beans? Like, yeah, a couple of trolls in the room. We know this. Come on. We're going to go for the inheritance. Even though, even if you're not going to inherit that much, it's going to be worth more than a can of beans. Now, we have to just pause here because this is a very old story. And in the context of this story, like, we're not just talking about a good share in his dad's will. This is Esau's entire future on the line here. This is not just kind of a decent share in the, in the will. The, the, uh, the kid who was born first in that culture, he would have taken over the family. He would have taken over all the land. He would have had the name of the family, the status. He would have had double the money of anybody else. For Esau, his whole future is on the line. This is what Jacob is asking for in return for a bowl of beans. Now, if this was the same for us, if we were going to have this kind of campfire interaction, this is our careers, this is our savings, this is the equity in our house, this is our deposit that we're saving for for a house, this is our hopes and dreams for our families, this is our comfort, our progress, our success. All of that is on the table in exchange for a bowl of beans. So let's take a couple of minutes. This is generally what we do on Sunday mornings. Find some friendly looking people around you. I want you to take two minutes and just discuss like of those things, that kind of career, comfort, deposit, stability, those things, those dreams that we have for our future. Where do you want to see yourself in 10 years time? So if you could plot yourself forward and say, well, in 10 years time, I know I want to have this, that and this in place. I want to have dealt with this, that, and the other. So find some friendly looking people around you, take two minutes and discuss with each other, where do you want to be in 10 years' time? Okay, anybody feeling confident enough to share something? Anybody want to shout anything out? 10 years' time, silly or serious? Anybody? A nice extension, I'm with you on that one. Anybody else? Yes. You want your house to be finished. I was in your house today. There's just no chance that's going to happen. Anybody else? A full head of hair. Mine's going in the opposite direction. So, yeah, that's looking very unlikely for me. Anybody else? To be a mummy. Absolutely fantastic. Very good. So, 
all those things that we've just chatted about on our tables, those are the things that are up for grabs here in comparison to this bowl of beans. Esau's entire hopes and dreams for his future, his aspirations, but crucially the means of taking hold of those things is on the table up against some baked beans. And, uh, you know, we can ask ourselves, like, who would be stupid enough? Like, this is obvious. Who would be stupid enough to say yes to the bowl of beans uh, compared to his entire future? Well, it turns out that Esau, poor, hairy, hairy Esau, would be stupid enough. He says to his brother, I'm dying of hunger. Give me the food. He's like, what good is my inheritance if I'm dead? Just give me the beans. Now, Esau is clearly not going to die. If he's got enough energy to have this back and forth with his brother, he could have gone and made himself a sandwich. He is not going to die. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what he does. He, uh, he trades his future for the bowl of beans. Uh, in a moment of weakness, he trades it all away. Now, this is a, it's a fun story. It's an ancient story. And we can look at that story and we can go, it's a silly one. Like, come on, it's a silly one. We look back at that ancient story and we laugh. And we think, what a wally. How primitive. Who would ever throw away their future for something as temporary and of such little value? Except, and the Bible has a bit of a habit of doing this if you've ever picked it up and read it. Read it. Um, I read that story and I, I think, Esau, what a wally. And I laugh. And, uh, and then I stop laughing. Because I then think about all of the ways that I've actually sabotaged my future for a bowl of beans. I can personally think of loads of ways that I've settled for something of little or no value and put my happiness and my future at risk as a consequence. You know, all of us, we've just articulated the things that we'd like to see in our lives in the next 10 years' time. But isn't it sombering to think how little decisions today could completely jeopardize those things for us in the future? How a small decision today could wreck all of that for us? You know, we could risk our entire financial security by just dabbling in a bit of online poker. Like, it's totally harmless, right? Like, come on. We could sabotage our future family and our future ha family within our happiness by just spending a bit of extra time with that kind of attractive colleague at work that we've noticed. You know, we could sabotage our health and happiness by just having one more drink or, or just watching one more episode or just one more hour of gaming or one more tub of ice cream. Isn't it true that all of us hold in our hands the keys to our desired futures, and yet so often we lack the ability to step in because we're attending to what we actually want in the present? Or we find ourselves making decisions and doing things which end up sabotaging those things that we want to see. And some of that stuff is fine. It's great. It's like, it's neutral, if anything. But it's not the best thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's not the best thing. So for so many of us, I think that we can be living in this state of lack. We're like Esau stumbling out of the forest, you know, and especially after the last 18 months, two years that we've had. Some of us are just feeling tired and hungry, and we're like, I just want to be just, just okay in the moment. And in the process, if we're not careful, if we don't pay attention, we can be handing over our entire future in exchange for one bowl of beans. So I'm sharing this this morning because I'm a follower of Jesus, um, I've encountered his love and his transformational power in my life, and I passionately believe that Jesus loves every single person in this room. Despite what you might think of him or not think of him, despite what you may have done or not done in the past, I believe that that's true. And I want to just close our time with a little reflection on that story and how it might speak to us. Because we've spent a bit of time this morning thinking about 
uh, what our plans for the next 10 years would be, what our plans for our life might be, what we might design for our, our futures. But what if God had other ideas? What if God, who loves us so much, had even bigger and better plans for our lives? What if he had a whole inheritance for us? An inheritance which is so much more than just us as individuals, but actually has to do with how he wants to shape this world through us. Now, there's a wonderful bit of Bible that we've actually already heard this morning, which really speaks into this. And I just wanted to read it to us, if that's okay. And then we're just going to pick out some thoughts. So this is um, taken from a letter that a bloke called Paul wrote to a brand new church. Now, this is when the international church was like in startup mode. So don't think about like cathedrals and buildings and bells and smells. It's none of that. This is like some people in a living room sharing a meal together. And Paul writes a letter to this group. And he's looking to teach them about what God's like and how God feels about them and how they should live as a consequence. And he starts by unpacking what I've just said about God's love and how he loves each and every one of us. He says... I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. And then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I mean, that sounds good to me. And then he goes on to say this. Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So in a nutshell, Paul is saying to this group that God's love for us is enormous. We can't get our heads around us, uh, around it. But this isn't just a love that just kind of hits us and bounces off. This is a love which kind of enters us. It grows us, makes us strong. It helps us to be complete. Um, and it can accomplish something in our lives, more than we could even ask or imagine. And once again, this is not just God offering to kind of hook us up with all the stuff we want. This isn't him just offering us a comfortable life. This is an invitation to a fullness of life which becomes less and less about me and my fulfillment and more and more about those around me and how I can be improving and impacting and blessing their lives. Paul is saying, you know all those plans that you have for your life, all those things that we just discussed around the tables? He's saying, yeah, those things are fine, they're good, but if you only knew how much God loves you and the inheritance that he has for your life, it would blow your mind. And how much more tragic is it to throw away that in response when we're presented with a bowl of beans? Now, I'll give you a really trivial way that this has landed in my life. So, I love computer games. It's just, I just do. Uh, it doesn't need to be complicated. I can get completely addicted to Candy Crush. Seriously, it has happened in my life. Um, I'm just a total sucker for it. They just really work on me, and I can spend hours and hours and hours of my life doing it. And I've just observed that when it comes to gaming, I just lose hours of my life. I just don't even think about it. Did you know that most uh, American teenagers, by the time they reach adulthood, will have spent over 10,000 hours playing computer games? That could have been me. Malcolm Gladwell famously said that if you spend 10,000 hours doing anything, you can become a master at that thing. So for me, I just made the conscious decision that 
there are other things that I'd like to be a master at other than computer games, or rather that I'd rather not be a masterful gamer at the expense of being an absent dad or a disengaged husband. And so what ties all of this together is really the concept of security. Security in who we are and how loved we are. If we think back to that story of Harry and Deceiver, if we think back to Jacob and Esau, Esau made a rubbish decision because he felt insecure. He was hungry and needy and he thought he was going to die and that he needed to just give up everything to meet his needs in the moment. He threw away his entire future for a bowl of beans because he wasn't living in a place of security. The invitation from Paul in that letter that we just read is exactly the opposite of that story. Instead of living our lives moment to moment, hoping that things work out, and hoping that we get our desired future, the invitation from God is into a loving relationship where we know we are loved, where we can have security in that. Instead of just pressing in and hoping for our best dreams for the future, it's an invitation to rest in the knowledge that God has got bigger and better plans for us. He wants to achieve things in our life which would just blow our minds. They really, really would. That we don't have to settle for a bowl of beans to satisfy our needs in the moment. That we can experience God's love in the present and step into a wonderful future as a consequence. You know, as I was writing this uh, this week, I was reflecting on that song that we sang just before the kids went out when all the bubbles were here. And I don't know if you caught the words of that song, um, but we sing that song over our kids each week, not just because it kills time, but because we want to pray those words over them. We want them to know those words to be foundational truth in their life. We want them to grow up knowing that they're precious, that they're special, that they're treasured, that they're loved, that they're blessed from above. And I just think that us as grown-ups, that we might need to hear some of that this morning as well, as we bring this into a close, that some of us need to hear that. I think some of us don't believe that, that we're precious, that we're special. I think we need to hear that we're treasured, that we're loved, and that God has a great desire to bless us from above. I mean, think about the security that we would live in if we actually knew that that was the case. And so what we're going to do now is we're just going to take a little bit of time to respond to this. And we're going to respond uh, in a couple of different ways. Um, we have got over there in the corner, every week we celebrate communion together, just as millions of Christians will be doing around the world this morning. Uh, communion is an act where we remember the death and resurrection of Jesus. And what we do is we take a piece of bread to represent Jesus' body, and we dip it in the wine to represent Jesus' blood. Now, quick note, it's all gluten-free bread. And it is orange squash this week, so don't be freaked out if the blood is yellow. Just saying. It's, so, yeah, we, we might have forgotten the right color squash. But it's all fine. It's all good. So we've got gluten-free bread and squash over there. And what we're doing really in that moment is we are saying yes to Jesus. So if you're in a position where you actually need to hear those words for yourself this morning, if you need to hear that you're precious, that you're special, you're treasured, you're loved, then receiving communion this morning is a wonderful way of doing that. Now, you don't have to believe any of the right things or identify as a Christian to receive communion this morning. If you'd like to, please go and do it. Um, but we're also going to sing together. Emily's going to lead us in, in one final song. But before we do any of that, I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just be in our presence. 
we believe that Jesus wants to come and be with us this morning by his Holy Spirit and touch us and work in our lives around what I've been talking about this morning. So why don't we all stand together? And Emily, if you wouldn't mind coming back up. And what we're going to do is we're just going to take a couple of minutes now to respond in a variety of ways. So I want to just encourage you, if you're comfortable, to just close your eyes. It helps us to focus on, on God's presence in the room, cut out all the distractions. And, and if you want to, one thing we often do is we hold out our hands as if we're about to receive a gift. So if you're in a position where you'd like to receive a gift from God this morning, why don't you just hold your hands out in front of you? So maybe for some of us this morning, we just need to hear those words. And we just need to know that they're true in the deepest part of our knower, that we're precious and special and treasured and loved. Maybe some of us have been convicted this morning that there's an area of our lives where we're actually settling for a bowl of beans and you're worried about sabotaging your future. Or maybe you're here and you want to experience God's love as we read in that, in that bit from Paul, either for the first time or the first time in a long time. Wherever you're at, I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and work in our hearts. So come, Holy Spirit.